Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the final episode of the Nine State Sports Show Football Edition of 2019. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Alongside me one last time uh, this season, uh, longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, Mike Lockman. Mike? It's our season it's finale, like the they do with TV finale. shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't do think we have a big budget for this one say, no, I don't with think a battle scene? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think there are any twists or surprises or yeah. cliffhangers for next year. I probably shouldn't say that because now you're not, you know, now I've ruined it for everyone. Yeah, they're I just going to turn us off now. <laughs> no, you should definitely stick through to the end because who knows what's going to happen. Right. Uh, we're once again recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. As always, uh, send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at NHHSports. Uh, you can listen to the show uh, Wednesday mornings. Well, actually, this week it'll be Thursday morning. Uh, thank you, Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh, listen to Our it, venue uh, was closed, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to it at nh-highschoolsports.com. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. I guess I'm, I guess we should be kind of glad that football season got done before uh, we got snow dumped all over us. Um, I don't know about you, but it's completely, completely thrown off my like entire week. Yeah. Um, it and and football wise, it's one thing if you get like a couple inches, you know, at the end dusting, of the season yeah, or something, yeah. right? The plows get out there, they take care of things, but snowpocalypse is a totally different thing. I mean, there's only so many turf fields in the state that everybody can go. Uh, and, and, you know, make their emergency reschedulings, too. So I mean, the way the snow was falling, at least in Nashua yesterday, um, I mean, I was, out, I was out shoveling for a while, and there must have been a good inch and a half to two inches that fell while I was out there. That yeah. must, that, you know, trying to play in that would have been, would have been, I mean, it would have been interesting to watch, but yeah. miserable, I, I think. I, when I coached at Merrimack High School, the very last turkey bowl that I coached in, or maybe it was the second to last, it started snowing just as we were kicking off. And by halftime, there were three or four inches on the ground. And I don't like being cold. So <laughs> I, I, for the most part, stayed stationary on the sidelines. And somebody took a picture of me. The team photographer took a picture of me, and I had, like, snow on my on my hat. <laughs> it had built up. Yeah, it had, like, <laughs> it had settled on my hat, like, a good inch and a half. So that's always one of my favorite. And I have a really miserable look on my face. That, not that that's anything unusual, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm glad none of the none of the players and coaches had to deal with this. Well, we are here um, this week. Of course, last week we wrapped up or we went over the uh, the, the championship games, um, you know, from the week before out at UNH. This week, I uh, wanted to take we wanted to take kind of a uh, a bigger picture look at the uh, the entire 2019 season. Uh, kind of go over some some things that surprised us, some storylines that that played out throughout the year. Um, and also kind of take a look ahead at, you know, next season, the 2020 season, um, which is going to be an interesting one. We, of course, have learned that um, there, you know, as it being the first year of another two-year cycle, there's going to be some changes. Uh, we'll kind of go over some of those changes and, and maybe look at some things to expect moving forward. But, um, you know, let's start with uh, where we, we usually start, Division One. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Londonderry went, uh, finished as an undefeated champ. Um kind of an, uh, an oddity we, we talked about last week was that since the division expanded to 20 teams in 2013, every champion has been undefeated. Right. Um, kind of interesting, because you think with that much more competition that, that that wouldn't be the case, but it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I don't think, you know, I think going into the year, we kind of knew that, um, or we felt that it was going to be a wide open division. Um, but I don't know. 
as much as I thought it was going to be wide open, I think Londonderry was the, the team I would have said at the beginning of the year was maybe the favorite. Yeah, it seemed that way. And I think even talking to the coaches in the preseason and stuff, everybody knew. Uh, I mean, even last year, I mean, Londonderry was arguably one of the best teams in Division One, And um, who did they fall to? Was it Pinkerton that they, they fell to? <laughs> they lost to Pinkerton in the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. quarters, right? So that, it, you know, and again, that even furthered the lore that we've, we right. had all that yeah. discussion yeah. about. But uh but, you know, if it wasn't for that slip, I, I think a lot of people would have thought they might have been there in the end. So, um, so yeah, maybe not as much of a surprise, but but what they did was was impressive against the type of competition that they had this year. You know, and, and I think maybe that was even the biggest question mark coming into the season for Londonderry was getting over that Pinkerton hump. Um, you know, they had lost to them, what, 20-something games in a row, hadn't beaten them in 18 or years or whatever the streak was. I've, I've kind of... We've all forgotten so about many, it now so because it's number. over, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, they did beat them in that, that uh, regular season game, you know, and then it was, uh, wow, out of nowhere almost, they have to play them in the quarterfinals again. Again. You know, was it... W- what was going to happen? Was there going to be a um, uh, kind of a... Um, I th- can't think of the word, but uh, a repeat of the year before... You know, or was Londonderry that much that dialed in? And it turned out that they were. Yeah. Um, and you know, and in hindsight, of course, you know, being 2020, looking at Londonderry top to bottom, I mean, they were the probably most complete team. Not to take anything away from teams like you know Exeter and Salem, uh, North, Nashua North, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Londonderry on both sides of the ball, they were very good all year they could beat you in in multiple ways whether it was with defense with offense running the ball throwing the ball yeah running the ball from the running back position running the ball at the quarterback position and and maybe that was the biggest question mark on the field going in for them was the quarterback you know they lost an all-state kid and evan cormier had jake mckechran step in as a varsity starter for the first time and i mean not only did he not miss a beat but you know, I dare I say he even maybe took a step forward from where Cormier was last year. Yeah, I agree. But as good as he was, and I think the point you were trying to make is, unlike some of those other teams, if you take any one of those guys out of the equation, I still think that they win the championship. Yeah. Because yeah. Th- they, they, they were, were so deep, deep and yeah. they had so many different ways of getting it done, whereas there were there were other teams that were more reliant on one guy that was just that much better than everybody else and you know if you look at look at north for example um you know we were talking a little bit before we got started here about what, the yeah, matchup that could have been the big what if right yeah, yeah. i mean if not to, again not to take anything away from from exeter certainly a, a team that was worthy of of winning a championship and um you know um almost it i mean yeah. it was, was maybe a, a a fumble away from 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 beating londonderry um, you know, they had maybe a little bit of an easier path to the, the, the final than it was expected because of the injury to Curtis Harris at North. Um, you know, North, of course, was lost in the, um, the quarterfinals against Merrimack. Yep. They had beaten Exeter during the regular season in a game that was pretty back and forth. Yeah, it was um, a classic, did, really, yeah, right? North won on a last-second field goal. Yep. So, I mean, certainly by no means did that guarantee a win over them a second time. But, yeah, it's a game that I sure would have – Sure would have loved to have seen and, and potentially see a Londonderry North final too. Right. Um, you know, so hopefully hopefully Harris comes back healthy for, for basketball season and then, you know, into next year and, and 
Um, and I certainly think that makes North a team to be looked at as a, a, a favorite going into next year. But, yeah. you know, I, I think we're going to be at another point again where we look at Division One. Uh, I know certainly looking at it now, I, I don't think there's any team that you automatically point to and say that's a team to beat in 2020. No, no. I mean, you know, you were looking at – you talked about, you know, what were some of the surpri- surprises and things like that. And, and then we started right off by talking about Londonderry, which really wasn't, wasn't the surprise. Wasn't yeah. the surprise. <laughs> but then you look at some of these other stories, though, like Goffstown. You know, we started off the season laughing at and, and making fun of Coach Hoft for – uh, you know, saying, oh, we're not going to be that good this year. We're, we're young. We have a nine-game schedule, and we're going to go 0-10. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah, you, know, yeah. I mean, I, you know, which is which is always funny. But, uh, but you know, they were the top team in the North. Yeah, 7-2 and two in the playoffs uh, for, I think, the fourth or fifth straight year. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly a, a great job by them, uh, by, by Coach Huff and his staff, with a young group of kids. Um, you know, they're going to lose some seniors, but they bring back – a, a lot of juniors and sophomores. Yeah, they do. And they've shown that uh, pattern of being competitive regardless of what hand they get dealt. And, you know, no small feat to, to you know, be the number one team in the division, the same division that Bedford is in. Bedford's been perennially um, elite, dare I say, right? I mean, they were the undefeated champs the previous year. Last year, year and, and um, in 2016. Right. Yeah. You know, and... Um, I, I, I don't know if we mentioned it, um, but, I mean, this year was the first time Bedford missed the playoffs since 2013. I mean, that had been the longest streak in Division One. Um, you know, go, again, going back to this 20-team this format. Yeah. Um, you know, the other team that I, I think, um, or the other two teams in that cluster, north-south cluster from this year, you know, Salem um, continues to be a team that, you know, every year we, I think maybe we wonder a little bit, how are they going to do it? Right. And they get it done. They get it um, despite, done despite injuries, in, in, despite yeah. turnover. Yeah. Um, you know, and then this year, Pinkerton, um, you know, say what say what you will, you know, the, the largest school in the state, you expect them to be good. Um, you know, one of the best coaches in, in, in state history. Yep, undoubtedly. You know, this year was a challenge, I think, for them. You know, they thought they were out of it, I think, you know, in like week five or six, and then all of a sudden a path opened up and they were able to get in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that and, – and for them, you know, looking at their roster, they've got a, a group that could – you know, a young group that could be back next year and could be really, really good. Yeah, yeah, I think you would expect that. Um, it's a long time to think when Pinkerton had two years where they, quote, weren't that great. And, I mean, they were <laughs> playoff teams. Yeah, here, yeah. So, but but uh, the expectations are always high. You don't, you don't look at – it's very rare we have consecutive seasons where Pinkerton isn't a finalist contender. Right. So yeah, um, you know, the other cluster, um, you know, that West Conference, I mean, turned out to be just quite a quite a dogfight. I mean, you had four teams that were playoff caliber um, in in North again that was nine and zero and in first, South at six and three, Merrimack at six and three, and then BG at six and three. Um, BG was unfortunately the the odd man out there. Um, based on tiebreakers, but yep. you know, and and for what they went through this year, yeah. losing what felt like a thousand quarterbacks, yeah, um, you know, and finally getting um, to even be in the mix, yeah, with the yeah. adversity they faced is. It, it, they, I I really hope they are have that in perspective. Yeah. They feel good about well, that. I, I would really, I you hope that they build are able to build on that too, yeah. because I you know again they're going to lose some good kids, but they've got some really good kids back. I believe the the 
one that ended up being a quarterback, um, Dylan Santasuaso. I believe he's back for another year. Um, you know, and you look at actually, you look at all three of the teams that made the playoff, or excuse me, that were all three of the teams from Nashua, all went through quarterback injuries this yep. year. Uh, of course, Norths happened late in the season. South went through the same thing too. You know, Dante Young, their starter, got hurt in I believe in baseball um, over the summer. I don't think he played at all this year. Um, Chris Keefe came on at the end of the year and and really got their offense going after another injury. Um, he's yeah. back for another year. Um, you know, so and then Merrimack also had a you know some some up and down quarterback play, but eventually an injury to James Dowling got uh, Kyle Crampton in there. Yeah, who's a you know just a sophomore. He should be back next year too. So this right, and he's got uh, legitimate like playoff right, experience yeah. under his belt. I know a lot of people talk about that South <coughs> Conference conference as being maybe the toughest one in the in Division One, and with good reason. Yeah, I, I think next year the West is going to be a very tough conference too. And those two sides line up against each other. It's going to be south and west Oof. on one cluster and north and east on the other. Yeah. And, I mean, we were talking before we started here, you know, with Alvern moving back up, they're going to be on that side too. You've got maybe eight or nine teams out of ten that could be legit playoff contenders. Yeah, absolutely. And four of them are going to get in. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> so, yeah, I, and I've heard, a lot of, I've heard a lot of coaches talking about south next year already and how good they're going to be. Well, they – by the way, they just came away with a, um, a Turkey Day victory. Oh, last you want to talk right? about miserable weather? Yeah, I, that I, I mean, I showed up at Stellos and it wasn't raining, and I left Stellos and it wasn't raining. But I was soaked. <laughs> I, I, I pretty much I, the first time I can remember just stopping taking notes entirely. Yeah, at a game, um, I, I just I, I jotted down scoring plays at the by the end of the game because I couldn't. I couldn't write on anything. My, I, I was looking for the tweets. I was yeah, like, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, I can't imagine playing in conditions like that. Like yeah. at some point you just kind of have to go, I, I can't deal with this. Yeah. I don't know. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. but I, I, maybe I'm a little, I'm a, or I shouldn't say maybe I'm a lot softer than, <laughs> than the kids. Are, <laughs> Some so. of the players. Yeah. yeah. Um, you yeah, know, well let's um let's jump over to division two. Um, of course I, I'm sure everybody's wondering, Oh, who do you think, you know, who do you think are going to be the playoff teams next year? Well, I I will I won't leave you hanging, but you got to read about it. Uh, I will I'll share all of um, all of my picks for the playoffs, uh, all four divisions, on the website on Friday. Um, and you know you say okay, well that's great. You know it's it's how many weeks out now? But I would like to mention. Yeah, I, I was going to say, <laughs> come on, give them give them the teaser. I now. went back and looked at my picks for 2019 at the end of the 2018 season. Uh, and out of the 28 total playoff teams, I had 23 of them right, um, including Division One. I had seven of the eight right, and the eighth one was Bedford, who up until that last game of the season against Pinkerton was in the playoffs. Right. So, so I don't want to toot my own horn too but hard. There's something to be said here yeah, for these yeah. these predictions. Maybe I, I probably don't know what I'm talking about, but did you play a lottery yeah. ticket? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, back then, I maybe I should have. Yeah, you got to get on that. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be up on, on the website, uh, nh-highschoolsports.com on Friday. Um, you'll be able to see, you know, who I think is going to get in next year. Um, and then we can have a lot of fun uh, making making fun of me or patting me on the back when, uh, when, I, when, when I either, you know, fall on my face or, you know. I want to tell the listeners that there's an extremely intricate mathematical scientific process that you go through. <laughs> 
to arrive at these these predictions, and that's why they've been so accurate. I, so. I pretty much look at a roster and go, oh, <laughs> these kids are coming back. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure nothing will happen between now and uh, now and, and, and the time the season starts. Um, speaking of kids coming back, um, I was going over the Division Two playoff teams from this year to see who was you know possibly returning next year. Uh, and there's not a lot. No, um, it's a lot of turnover in D2. You know, so you know, looking at some of this year's um, teams, you know, uh, we may have like a complete turnover in terms, well, not complete, but but a big turnover in terms of playoff teams in Division Two. Um, and of course, there's going to be major changes, um, major changes, relatively speaking, to the other divisions. Um, it's still going to be an 18-team division. Um, you of course, like we said, you have Alvern moving up, Timberlane coming down to take their spot, but then you also have Pelham and Conval moving down to Division Three. Yeah, Pelham because of enrollment, Conval petitioned down and got it. And Pelham's a big loss. I mean, what a, that's a quality program. It's a, yeah, I mean it's great um, for Division Three. They're gonna they're gonna have another good team down there, but. Uh, but it, but Pelham, I think, is a team that could have been very competitive in Division Two next year. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and then moving up to take those spots, you've got Lebanon and Hillsborough Daring Hopkinton, which are both good programs. Good programs, yeah. but both are going to suffer a lot of grad, you know, a lot of losses through graduate graduation. Yep, yep. they were um, both senior heavy. Yeah, so that's an interesting change. The other other big change is, from what I've understand, they're just going to completely scrap conferences in Division Two. There will be no more conferences. And the way they're going to schedule is basically have three six-team clusters based on geography, south, central, north. Uh, we'll have Again, I'll have a complete breakdown of this on Friday in with the prediction story. Um, you know, and, and what you do is you play the five other teams in your, confer in your cluster, and then you have two other games against from two games against each of the other two clusters yeah. so a total of four games which i believe are chosen based on based on the what perceived strength of your right, program right. versus the perceived strengths of the other which program, is which is kind of interesting interesting yeah yeah, yeah. you're almost predicting who's going to be good yeah and basing scheduling off of that um yeah which is is interesting and i'm they've I'm never done that before I, not like that the I'm, perceived uh, strength yeah, of a program not that i know of yeah uh and then i believe teams are still going to you know it's still going to be an 18 playoff Teams get will get in based on uh, football rating, yep. um, but no more conference winners getting the top seeds. It'll just be straight playoff ratings. Yeah, so. which is which is also interesting because, you know, given the 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 different ways the different schedules are put together, I might have a better record than you, but just you because be of the way team. the schedule yeah. got put together. Yeah. I, if I beat a team that was worth more points at some point, I might get in and you might you, not. You, you know? hope so that, that that kind of evens itself out. Um, I mean, I know in times in the past that it hasn't, and it has, but you know, hopefully it'll it'll work itself out this you know this upcoming season. Yeah. Um, no perfect system, like yeah, we always say. Yeah. You know, so looking at, at Division Two this past year, um, I know we talked all year about the strength of the South, the strength of the South. But then you look at what that final four ended up being, and you basically had North versus South and North versus South with Hollis and, and Bow on one side and, and Plymouth and Alvern on the other. And then you had Plymouth and, and Hollis Brookline in the final. So it was North versus South. Yep. Um, you know, so maybe maybe amongst the top teams in, the, in both conferences, there wasn't as much uh, of a difference, but depth certainly 
the South, I think, was a little bit different than the North. I think so too. Well, and and, and I not to take anything away from the the North teams, but I just I just think it's it's factual that um, the South this year was was uh, j- just seemed to be heavier loaded, right? And you know you could say that that meant that the Bow Path or the Plymouth Path was a little easier. They weren't they weren't beating the heck out of each other every week, right? I mean, they battled a really—I think that was a one-point game that was week one, right, Bo and Yeah, Plymouth. yeah, it was an 8-7 game in the first week right. of the season, yeah. Right. Um, but other than that, they weren't going in, into these these wars of attrition every week. Like, if you look at Milford, for example, how m- Milford was in, what, two or three overtime games? Pelham was in a couple uh, yeah, overtime yeah. games. Sauhegan was in an overtime game or two. Um, and, and and had a couple cl- you know close one against Milford so a lot of them <coughs> a lot of the South teams kind of beat up on each other too you know and there, there was a um, probably some uh, whether literal or figurative attrition as a result <laughs> of that where I think it was I think Bo and Plymouth were good quality teams but they didn't have as tough a road to hoe um, maybe as a as a, a South team for example this year well you know. You mentioned all those close games, too. Um, and I think there was probably one team, you know, in the um, in the south part of the, the division that really their only close games were actually the games that they, they ended up losing, uh, and that was Hollis Brookline. That was the champion, right. Um, you know, they, they got down, what, 28 nothing in the first half of that season opener against Milford. Yeah. Outscored them 21-7 in the second half. Um, and then they had that loss against Pelham, mm-hmm. who's just – had their number for the last couple of years. Right, and a very good defensive team. Very good defensive team. Um, you know, there was some maybe inner turmoil that week at Hollis with some some shakeup on the coaching staff. Um, you know, I think there were some injuries that week that they dealt with too. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at it the rest of the year, their next closest game was a 20-point win over Sauhegan. Right. Um, you know, so I, I, wonder, I wonder if in hindsight – or even, you know, if, if you'd given, taken out the names and the jerseys and whatever and just given us the Hollis um, roster with maybe stats and yeah. a- attributes Years of and whatever, yeah, with no name on it, you know, maybe at the beginning of the season where we're picking them as, as champs because I'm looking back on it, I, that team was loaded. They were loaded. Yeah. Well, and, and even the Milford loss, you know, I was at that game. I, th- I think the only reason they lost that game was they didn't have an answer for for Erda. That was yeah. I mean Erda destroyed them, and just like he he had destroyed Central the week and before the, yeah, in the, the Jamboree. Jamboree. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think that was before people had really gotten a feel for okay that has to be the focal point of your defensive game plan. So even even that you could say, geez, you know, if Hollis had faced Milford later in the season and had a more of an opportunity to develop a plan against them. I, I don't know. I mean, it's all speculation, but uh, but um, yeah. I, so what you're saying is, we we have to to be honest, say that maybe Hollis surprised us, but we should also be humble enough to say they they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I mean, I mean that's, if you look yeah. at it, they were loaded. Yeah, I mean, that's that's typical, right? That I, I want it both ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know. Looking ahead, um, you know, as we mentioned, Pelham and, and Conval moved down. Um, Timberlane moves in. Uh, Hillsborough, Deering, Hopkinton moves in. Lebanon moves back in. Yep. Um, I, but I, like we were saying, I think, you know, you look at what's coming, who's coming back for a lot of these teams, 
and I think maybe your front runners for next year are, are again Plymouth, um, who you know of course loses kids, but I, I mean looking at their roster, I think it's just a couple linemen they've got to plug in. They still got a lot of you know talented kids coming back, including the quarterback yeah, uh, Cody Bannon. Yep. Um, and then the other team is Sauhegan. Yeah. Sauhegan loses um, some seniors, but for the most part, they're coming back intact. Yep. Um, yeah. Sauhegan actually is loaded, I think, uh, going into 2020. And I mean, talk about flashback to the old days, right? I mean, Plymouth and Sauhegan. That was that the would be a pretty fun championship yeah. game, I think. I'll be uh, well. Assuming that it's still at UNH, yeah. Yeah, but I mean that was the, those were the two powers, uh, under that old format, um, and and an epic uh, rivalry, right? That that uh, kind of went away for a while when Plymouth moved down to Division Four, yeah. and um, you know both schools went through some up and downs in, in they, terms of. Uh, they played a couple times in the playoffs the last few years right yeah. not this year obviously but yeah they but played previous years. I, I think they played coach Bockett's first year yeah um and then the second year too and, i think and in, yeah. and in the second year, a quarterfinal and then a semifinal yeah. i think yeah and they weren't they were kind of one-sided yeah. but yeah. um but yeah so 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 Higgins should be loaded i mean was was uh i think i think both manning and jane, and jane are, are both back. i think they're both back yeah um, um uh, longhorn's back riley Longhorn's riley, back right. running back um and, and and who i think is their best player which is um maroon mike uh, maroon yeah who's yeah, an offensive a lineman and, a, and like an outside linebacker he's type a junior dude. too or he's yeah, only a junior yeah. so yeah they're gonna be loaded it was like you said plymouth will probably reload um i think bo bo loses a lot of the guys that got the headlines, um, you know, their their quarterback, their top running back, um, top maybe two, one and maybe three running back. Yeah. Um, and I think they had a couple know, guys up front. Up front too, yeah. But I mean, they're another program that just since they moved up to Division Two, we wondered, you know, we wondered, I, you know, back then, how are they going to survive being such a small school in Division Two? But they've they figured that yeah, out they pretty quick, it pretty easily. And yeah. um, I think they'll be another team that's, um, you know, right there next year. Yeah. Um, Milford loses a lot, but they had some younger skill position yeah. players that were pretty solid. Younger kids that were involved, I think some linemen too that'll be coming back. Yeah. Um, but they do lose a core group that was very, very good the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. have another Erda brother coming up. <laughs> um, Are you, you're you're anointing him the uh, the heir apparent to? I'm uh, assuming. Yes. Um, <laughs> he he came in and backed up. Um, his brother Gavin, yeah. I think uh, uh, Charlie. I don't know whether he goes by Chuck or Charlie. Uh, I've seen it both ways, but uh, he came in and backed him up when when he got banged up a little bit in the Sauhegan game and and played pretty well. So they they've had really good luck with the <laughs> Erda brothers playing quarterback there, and um, so they'll they'll have another good quarterback next year. He's probably. the he's the the last one. He's the last brother. The last yep. one. Wow. Um. You know the other. Um, you know we mentioned like Pelham and uh, Conval going down in D three. D three next year is also is going to be a ten team division. So there's only eight other teams um, in there. Uh, you got your kind of standbys: Campbell, Monadnock, yep. uh, division champs, Trinity, Stevens. Um, you've also got Winnesquam moving up, right, uh, from Division four. Division four must have breathed a big sigh of relief. <laughs> I mean, Winnesquam has been. Well, but they're getting, um, you know, to even it out, to make it um, <coughs> 10 and 10, you've got Epping Newmarket, Summersworth, and Newport all moving down to Division four. 
Um, you know, so I think it's going to be, you know, uh, Division Three might end up being like the South Conference in Division Two this year, where we're talking about, you know, it's going to be a dogfight every, every week. single week because yep. I'm I'm assuming that with ten teams, you're only going to have a four-team playoff. You know, so what of of those four of, you know, or excuse me, of those teams, Pelham, Monadnock, Campbell, Trinity, Stevens. Winnesquam, it, it, Winnesquam's returning a lot. I mean, say what you will. Yeah, they've won Division Four the last two years. They're going to be loaded yeah. next year. I think you uh, said they pretty much had they, they everybody lost, back. They lose kids, three right? kids yeah, from three last seniors. year's team. Uh, <coughs> good players, but y- still only three right. kids. So they and they should be very good next year. Is there uh, another team in the state that only loses three kids from a I playoff? I don't know. I, I would say I not. Know. From a team that hasn't lost the game in, yeah. in two years, yeah, I would say not. Um, you know, so. Only four of those teams are, are going to be playoff teams. So somebody is going to be potentially championship caliber um, and, and not and get not in. Be in it. Yeah. Not even be in the tournament. Not even be in the tournament. Um, so, I mean, I think that's I think next year that the potential there is for it to be really interesting. Um, of course, this year uh, I got ahead of myself there. I started talking about 2020 before we even yeah, before we even right. mentioned 2019. Um, the listeners know we have no plan at this point. So. <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell them that. Uh, I thought it was a big secret. Yeah, right. Um, you know, this year, you know, we, we went into the year, I think, again, with, with an idea of who the favorites were. And um, I think we looked at Campbell and Lebanon as the teams to beat. And, um, you know, at, at some point this year, Trinity beat both of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and they were the, they were the, the champs this year um, coming and off of a – uh, not having a varsity team two years ago, and put an exclamation point on it by oh, yeah. beating St. Thomas, who, who you know had a little bit of a down year this year. I mean, it wasn't a bad year, but they they missed right. the tournament. But, and, and but a Division two team, but a good, yeah. solid, perennial power Division two team that they f- turned around on three days and went over and beat them too. Yeah. So in a game that I I saw on Twitter was postponed by lightning. I saw that <laughs> at one yeah. point. Yeah, uh, the day Only before New Thanksgiving. England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing weirder would have been is if it was uh, what the thunder snow that that uh, yeah. seems to pop up every once in a while, um, you know. But uh, another interesting year, um, we, you know, where or more I shouldn't say uh, uh, more of a year where we got um, everything was kind of up in the air. You know, the previous two years it had been Campbell Manadnock, Manadnock Campbell, and then this year we got a little bit of a, a different thing. You know, you had team, you know, at Stevens um, doing its thing, yep. upsetting someone in the first round to get to the semis. Um, and, of course, Trinity getting out to a big lead early in that D3 game and, and, and hanging on against Lebanon. Yep. Um, you know, so that was a, a pretty interesting year, and I'm excited to kind of see what, again, talking about this potential competitive division, what happens next year. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, of course, like I said, D4, also going to be 10 teams with, um, you know, Epping, Newmarket, um, Newport, and Summersworth coming in. You've got Fall Mountain that made the, f- you know, made the playoffs. Yep. Got to the final for the, f- you know, first time in forever. Um, you know, was a, a, a very worthy opponent of Winnesquam. You know, some things maybe go a little differently in that game. It's not maybe 10 degrees outside. Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> Um, you know they were they were in that game for a large part of it, despite maybe what the score said. And, and uh, you said they don't turn over a lot. Either, I don't think right? so. They return some good kids. I mean, they <coughs> lose they lose some talented kids, yeah. but they return a good amount. But a good you know, core is coming you, back. You should think that they would be in the mix. Yep. Um, you know, Bishop Brady got back to the playoffs this past year. 
Um, you know, they're a team that, that always seems to find a way. I know they had a couple down years, but, you know, they seem to be able to find a way a lot. Um, Raymond was, a, you know, a playoff team yep. two years in a row. Um, that's another program that could be, um, you know, could be in the mix as well. Yeah. Um, and then, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what Summersworth and Newport do. Um, two teams that were, I mean, or excuse me, I think New- Newport was a playoff team this past year. Summersworth, yeah. I think, just missed out on tiebreakers. Um, but two teams that have been competitive in D3. So, you know, yeah. they could, no reason to think that they can't be in the mix in, in, in this new D4. Yeah. And then you had what is traditionally a very good Franklin team. Uh, that had a down year, but they were very young. They had a, a lot of players that were athletes but hadn't necessarily played football much before, so they were sort of in a rebuilding year this year. Yeah, so and potentially <coughs> potentially the be- the division's best player coming back in um, Jake uh, Jake Bupre. Correct. Who I think had somewhere like 1,500 yards rushing in, um, in, what, seven games this year. Yeah, he did it so, all I mean, them. so, yeah, that's um, – I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it had slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, certainly a kid that um, you know could do a lot of damage um, next season. Yeah, so that's one of those teams where you can't look at the 2019 performance and, say, and and overlook them because they were young and they had a lot of athleticism. I think they just having that year under their belt now in a whole nother off season. There's another team that who knows, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a uh, a question at you on the spot. Uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand. All right hasn't been announced yet at least i'm not aware of it, it being announced yet who uh from this year the 2019 season who is uh who's your gatorade player of the year oh uh you know what stuff i'm i'm conflicted i i instinctually i want to say curtis harris and it's hard because he didn't get to finish the season so you it's like we said when we were talking about d1 you don't it's a it's a what if that never really took place but yeah he was single-handedly probably the best player in the state while he was playing. And then if you think about the impact that he had that occurred what to the hap- team. Yeah, what happened after he went out. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, they didn't win a game in his absence, well, they, correct? Uh, they beat Portsmouth, but it was a 7 nothing game. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, Th- uh, yeah that's right. I'm, that I'm sorry. I forgot the that they, yeah. they had. Yeah. I almost was thinking they played Merrimack twice in a row, but that was two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I. I would start there, I guess. Uh, what, what is your thinking? My, so I, I, if you want to go with a Division One player, I think it comes down to Harris and and McEachern. Yeah. Um, but I'm almost as great a season as both of those guys had. I almost want to give it to Wimmer, Sander, Sander Wimmer. Yeah, that um, was the other one I was going to say. And I know, you know, I know that's probably there are a lot of Division One people that would not be happy with that pick but there are also I a lot of division one people who would have started him at quarterback yeah, I if think he was <laughs> on their team regardless of what yeah, their roster yeah, was so yeah. so i think i think he would be i think any three of them would be good candidates yeah um but yeah i think that's my that would be my pick would be wimmer yeah it, it, it so that's where i was going to go too but i wanted to start with harris just because he was he was and is incredible only a junior um which, by the way, shouldn't change it, uh, and and hasn't in the past, right? We've right. had junior oh, yeah. Gatorade yeah. players in the past. Yep. Wimmer, though, may have been the best overall player in the yeah. state, um, and he was a champion. Yeah, and and again, it's it's maybe not fair because Curtis didn't have the chance to prove that he could be a champion, right? But yeah. he does have another year to do that. Yeah, 
Wimmer had an incredible. Wimmer not only had an incredible year, he had an incredible career. Yeah. Um, so, either one of those would be a good choice, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, see, I we we told you there wasn't going to be a twist at the beginning. But we lied. I, we threw one at you anyway. <laughs> the twist was that we lied about we, the twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, before we go, um, I want to say uh, just another big thank you, Mike, for doing this. Um, I think this is what year, the end of year number three. Three, yeah. That we've done this, um, and I was a guest the first year, for, you did right, a couple right. times, right? I, um, yeah, you were you were you were here with most majority of the time. Yeah, so I was I was way yeah, more yeah. conservative and still oh, did yeah. then though because I was still coaching. Still, so. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I couldn't make fun of my my peers <laughs> at that point. <laughs> um, you know, I I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed doing this yes. uh, every year quite a bit. Um, you know, and it's. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It has um, been. I yeah. hope I hope people have enjoyed listening to us as much as we've enjoyed doing this. Um, and you know, if you do, you know, one thing I will ask: if you do enjoy listening to this, um, you know, maybe share it, share a link to the the podcast with a friend who doesn't listen, or or someone you think would like it. Um, you know, whether it's this week or next year, or you know, somewhere down the road, or go back and share all the other ones with them. Um, yeah, I think. Um, I yeah, think that'll it, yeah. If the audience has half as much fun as we have <laughs> listening to it as we have doing it, then we've done our job. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I have a blast doing this. So, yeah. well, Mike, thanks again for joining me. Absolutely. We will, uh, we will hopefully, we, you know, I think we're going to have something special planned for the off season. Um, not just maybe talking about, you know, the Chad game and whatever, but but something else down the down the road. You know um, how to get a hold of me. Oh Don't yeah. me up if you need me for something. <laughs> All right. Uh, he is Mike Lockman. Thanks again, Mike, for joining me. Absolutely. Uh, I am Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you sometime in the future. We're signing off. <laughs>